Hello and welcome to the new Superhero Finder podcast from IDIFM. I'm Matt and I'm going to be scouring the cosmos looking for unsung heroes, the superheroes of real life spreading some amazing positivity and listening to some fascinating, incredible stories. So sit comfortably, get yourself a brew and enjoy. Hello and welcome to number 18, episode 18, who can believe that, of my superhero finder set of interviews, podcasts, videos, all this stuff as well. So thank you for tuning in. I am so delighted I've got the chance today to speak to a friend of mine and a colleague in the same industry, I suppose, um, Helen Cosgrove. How are you today, Helen? I'm doing all right, Matt. How are you? I'm jolly good, thank you. It is roasting. Oh no, I've got sweaty pits. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> what a start what a start well, i'll tell you what it's just going to be nice to get some sunshine today so helen um i know we've talked in length and breadth about loads of stuff we could probably talk for days um one thing i know that you wanted to talk about um and one of the i suppose literally one of the most noticeable things about your kind of your journey today would be a transformation you've been through do you want to tell us a little bit more about that yeah absolutely i mean it's something I'm quite proud of and I do like to share it because it gives uh, people inspiration and motivation and sort of encouragement to start their own journey as well. Um, So way back when I was a youth, (laughs) um, I was I was a pretty big girl. I was uh, I was 21 stone at my uh, heaviest. And the reason I sort of got to that point was throughout high school, I was bullied quite severely, um, which made me comfy. I binge ate, even though I wasn't, I wasn't technically diagnosed, but looking back, you know, I can say that's definitely what I did. Um, I drank alcohol to quite excessive amounts. Um, and I just became severely depressed, unhappy, and it just spiraled and spiraled and spiraled. And the only comfort I had was food and alcohol. And it got to that point where I was going to the hospital and to the doctors and they were like, you need to do something. You know, you're 21 stone and you're not even in your 20s are you creeping up to your 20s? It's not healthy, it's not right. And I couldn't even go up the stairs without being out of breath. And it was scary. I would have random heart palpitations for nothing, like just breathing, like it was difficult. And like going to the shops and not being able to fit in any of the clothes, Like as a teenager, being a size, I think I was in a size 24 to 26, if you know anything about women's clothing. Back then, you couldn't get that on the high street. And that was so like disheartening. I'd just run up to my bedroom, cry my eyes out, and then just stuff my face. So it was just this cycle round and round and round. Yeah. And 
what happened was my parents divorced, um, which was sort of a blessing in disguise, really, because I ended up living with my nan. And I thought, God, I can't let my nan eat the crap I'm eating because I was living off takeaways, just junk food, processed food. And that sort of started the little kick up the bum that I was like, right, I've got to cook meals for my nan, which was very typical, like meat and two veg. Mm -hmm. So I might as well eat it as well if I've got to cook it for my nan. Yeah, I see that. And that sort of started a little bit of, uh, right, well, this could be the start of it. And then I sort of started looking at swimming classes and I started going swimming because there was no way at the way I was, I could do any sort of jumping, running, yeah. you know, it, my, my knees couldn't take it. And I started going swimming just twice a week. And I started off doing 20 minutes, 30 minutes, 40 minutes, mm. and just started increasing. Uh, once I did that, I was like, right, I've nailed this. And then we got onto the the infamous Zumba classes <laughs> that we all know and love. And I was there doing that for years and years and years. And I still absolutely love it. It's still one of my biggest passions. Wow. And as the weight started coming off, I just started going more and more. And it just sort of, obviously my confidence was building and I started trying different things. So I started dipping my toes into different classes and then I got a gym membership and I just started trying all these little things that I didn't have the confidence to do when I was bigger. Um, so over the course of about, oh, I probably, it's so hazy in my memory, but it's about six, seven years. I've lost about nine stone. Wow. So it was, it's definitely been a gradual, you know, loss. Mm. But, you know, I've yo-yoed back. I've had times when I've put on two stone and then lost it again in a month. You know, there's been crash diets. There's been all sorts of stuff that I don't recommend doing now. But at the time, I was like, I just need to get it off. I need to get it off. I need to be healthy. And while losing the weight, I found that passion and that drive, which was fitness. And here I am now doing this. Here you are. Who would have thought it? I know. Crazy <laughs> times, right? <laughs> Since... Since we first met, and it was to look at putting on a class at you know my studio, and and mm. you know one of one of the reasons that one of the things that really struck me when I first met you, Helen, was the fact that you know you had all this this story behind you and all this drive and all this passion, um, but there was just a massive sense of humility and and, and like just being completely humble about everything, um, and yet we've got we've I think we spoke about it briefly before we started recording, and you know you have got quite a noticeable hairstyle. You know, piercings <laughs> and tattoos and, you know, and yeah. all these things that, that make you stand out. But yet when you start talking to you, 
sometimes you know there's a little bit of reservedness there and i just thought there was some some beauty in there so i was really interested in in hearing the story and by the way for anyone i realize that half my listeners are coming from america so that's 126 pounds because we're working <laughs> old money in the uk so 126 pounds i hope i've done that right on that um but yeah so you know it is it is incredible and that's that's no mean feat i mean what would you say was was the one main thing that was the success of kind of keeping you going keeping you motivated or was there a few things or um there was one main thing i can absolutely put my finger on which was um at the zumba classes um there was this these amazing people there this group of girls that just spurred me on every step of the way and i'm still in touch with them now um i believe you met one (laughs) and they're just absolutely um batshit crazy and i love them all and i just hope never to lose touch with them even though you know i'm on that side of the fence now um yeah they were just my absolute dream i love them all I wouldn't be here if it weren't for them. That sense of that community spirit, but also it's, you know, I get a feeling there's there's finding the people that are good for you, the people that yeah. are influenced to be around and almost the idea of a an inner circle as such, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think you can tell when you go into a class or a gym environment, you can sort of feel the energy around you and you can feel you know, who's positive or who's, you know, who to just back off from, let them do their thing and you get on with your thing. And the girls that were there were just all about sharing that experience with you as a group. And I do feel um, like that is what just made me carry on because if, if there was anything I wanted to talk about or I felt like crap that day, I'd just turn up in my Zumba pants crack on have a bit of a cry let yeah. it all out and i'd go home and i'd feel i'd feel amazing and that was it you know fantastic because you know it's i really like being able to you know have this platform to speak to people like yourselves and, and, and share those kind of tips because when you go through you know a big change like that you you start to think differently about your body so sometimes so say you know you've lost a few stone you know and that can be a massive change but then it's trying to get used to remembering that you've made that journey and that you know what you're doing mm-hmm. so as that as those kind of losses slow down it's then dealing with the fact that they slow down you're not going to see it happen at the same yeah time. and also it's sometimes for me it's trying to keep a little bit of perspective I think perspective is probably a better word for it Um, because then all of a sudden, you know, you get down to the the goal weight or the target weight or what you want to be. And then, you know, you put on a pound (laughs) and, you know, and because society teaches different things and because, you know, we, we have this, this way that we deal with weight and as a number on the scale. And, you know, we may talk, we may well talk about some of this later. Yeah. You know, that seems like the biggest thing in the world. Yeah. Because what we do naturally is I've found that we make changes, we see results, but then we get used to it and that becomes the normal. Yeah, absolutely. 
it's either doing being able to do it yourself or having someone else around you, like no doubt the you know the, the people at Zumba that were just saying, look, you've come all this way, you can keep doing it. You yeah. know you can do it. You've got this. It's like I'm not um, a particular fan of uh, the number, let's say. Um, I think it should be more focused on how you feel inside. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you know, if you're feeling good, you're feeling healthy. You know, it's what about you know about what you put in your body. Um, you know, you know if you've had a heavy session at the weekend because you feel rough for three days after. You know, you know what you're doing. Mm. And you know, if you've put on that extra pound, what does it matter? It's a pound. You don't know if it's water. You don't know if it's fat. You don't know if it's muscle. Or let's say the general generalizing, you don't know. And at the end of the day, like people focus on these numbers and it doesn't really matter that much because it's how you feel. If you feel good, what's it matter? Does it matter? It's it it's I just it does like frustrate me in a way because it's like I'm still classed as being unhealthy according to doctors, and I know deep down that I'm not. Like I'm I'm quite strong. I can probably outrun most of the doctors that tell me that I'm unhealthy. (laughs) and yeah I have done this great achievement I have loads of excess skin I'm covered in stretch marks you know and I'm proud of this massive journey I've been on Mm. and yet there's these professionals or so-called professionals telling me I'm still not healthy I'm like meh just it, it does get my go up a little bit in in certain certain terms let's say <laughs> yeah i mean it, i think it also did, it comes down to what measuring stick you're using yeah if, you know i'm presuming i'm presuming that that one is based on bmi yeah that is the uh, the good old bmi one good old bmi which, you know if everyone was the same then understandably People of a certain height, weight, and age should be the same if yeah. everyone was the same, but we know everyone's not. So for yeah. some people, um, it just gives a good indicator of what's health, what's going to be healthier overall, you know, what's yeah. going to lead to less joint problems and, and things like that. Um, just as being underweight, severely underweight, then has its issues as well. Yeah, um, definitely. But like you said, I think the one thing that's been missing from BMI is, is overall health has to be physical health mm. it's not what makes it's not how much of you you have it's what it can do and what yeah. it does on a daily basis and how well it does it yeah definitely but also there's this health as well there's the mental health and without both or without looking at a measure of both you can't truly say what position you're in because i said you know it's it gets received fairly controversially, I suppose, sometimes when I think I'll say it, but if that 21 stone version of you was completely happy with the way you were and you were living life as you completely wanted it to, Mm. then I would say that that actually isn't the worst place you could be. 
I agree. Um, I think, I mean, it probably wouldn't have been the best for my body, but it's um, like the UK, quote, is in an obesity epidemic and there's also a lot of other eating disorder issues. And yet the finger gets pointed and yet they're not addressing the main issue, which is here, not here. And uh, of course, there's so much underfunding and lack of help. It all gets pushed to the side and, you know, no one gets the help they needed. And it's like with me, the issue was with my head, not with <laughs> not with this. It was like if if I got the help that I needed in regards to, you know, maybe the school helping with the bullying situation, help with my anxiety um I probably wouldn't have been the size I was because I wouldn't have comfort eight I'd have found things to do I'd have been happy with my life I'm assuming you know yeah um so yeah yeah and that you know and that was your your coping mechanism so that was your way of Mm. getting through that challenge and that builds itself I think uh you know um, a level of resilience Anyway, but obviously the the result of that was a mm. weight increase, and that then led to more sadness, you know, more negative thoughts, which then led to that coping mechanism, which then fed that, literally fed that. <laughs> it's it's that, just a, a vicious circle. It, yeah, it really is. Yeah, and it's you know, and there's a lot of messages out there. Um, thankfully, nowadays there's a lot more professionals in the fitness and the weight industry or, or whatever. Um, that do advocate changing small things at a time, looking at habits, looking at how you feel as mm-hmm. opposed to how society may feel like it's telling you you should look. Um, because for years and years, it's been, you know, an ethos of doing all these diets to, to, to lose weight. You know, it's just looking at your food, just do it. It's not, it's yeah. not hard. It's simple. Just follow this and you'll lose some weight. And, you know, and that's only one piece of the puzzle. Following those yeah. instructions, now, you know, you and me both know we could give somebody a set of instructions to follow to help them lose weight. And if they followed those instructions, they would do it. That part isn't difficult itself. But what is difficult is understanding why you're doing it and, and understanding that you need to be consistent. Yeah. Also enjoying the journey or at least knowing that what you're doing and the challenges you're being faced with are going to, you know, are going to come out in the end. And, and, and actually it's, it's been able to live with your thoughts, been able to process them, been able to get the support you need to be able to make you the strongest you can be. It's not, it's not just that it's, it's, it's not your fault that you've eaten too much. It's not, that it's not quite as cut and dry as that. No, if, uh, if life were like that, it'd be a lot more easier to understand. (laughs) But yeah, it's, uh, I think, like you say, it's it's gotten a lot worse these days, post COVID. Mm. Um, but yeah, can I go through some of these figures I have? Absolutely. Um, so um, basically, I'm I find like the psychology of social media and body image and mental health. Uh, I don't think fascinating is the right word to describe it, but I just find how the increase 
in how people are feeling due to social media mm. is it's it kind of like boggles my brain a bit and like my brain you can <laughs> you can hear it going <laughs> like this so these are some statistics from pre-covid so we know from these statistics it's gotten even worse so it says here from 2019 uh 65% of under 18s believe there's such thing as a perfect body and 45% of those are over 18 ideal body being athletic so yeah and then we have one in eight people have experienced suicidal thoughts due to their dissatisfaction due to their body image. 10% of these are women which have self-harmed because of this and 4% are men. It's, I don't, it just upsets me. It really does. It says the increase over time. So there's been a massive 60% increase, which has been mainly blamed on social media um, in the dissatisfaction of body image. So in 1973, 23% of women and 15% of men were unhappy with how they looked. Mm -hmm. In 97, that jumped up to 56% of women and 43% of men. Mm -hmm. And in 2018, it jumped up to 83% of women and 75% of men. And it's even higher wow. now, which is... It, it's a lot. And it's like I try and tell people there's no such thing as a perfect body. It's like we go through time. Like if we think back to like, renaissance period like the ideal body for a woman was like more curvy yeah in the 20s it was like androgynous like the 30s 40s 50s it was hourglass in the 90s it was that heroin chic uh sort of vibe that was going off like that was the ideal body for then but there's no such thing as an ideal body no your ideal body is yours Yes, so there is no ideal body, but there can be your ideal body. So what you want for yourself, there isn't a universal, like you're saying, you know, trends have changed over the years. Um, mm. And at the end of the day, it's what looks good on the magazines or what people think looks good on the magazines. And someone's made that choice, that decision. And it's affected, yeah. you know, it's affected people. But it's ultimately, it, it, when you look at it like that, it, look, it almost looks like a fashion trend. Yeah. So it makes well, it fashionable yeah. to be curvy or it makes it fashionable to be have an hourglass figure. You yeah. know, we had corsets and stuff that were creating those hourglass figures. So there's always been a there's always been almost a you know customization or you know fitting yourself into those boxes. Uh, it's what's looked good on the catwalk, hasn't it? Yeah. Basically, and that's been the trend. Yeah, and you know, model, we we mustn't forget that models do that for a job. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know, so, so they're doing it for a reason. So, you know, we base things on things that actually aren't based on nature. They're based yeah. on creating that because somebody had asked them to be like that. 
yeah you get so far away from that it's very very easy to forget that um, yeah absolutely and you look at you know you look at magazines and can we say that you know um a guy on the front of health and fitness magazine with a six-pack and a dumbbell in his hand can we say that he's not healthy no can we say that he is healthy he might be we don't know we don't know you don't know but that's so you know the magazine associating that as being what they want to see makes you aspire to have that body but aspiring is different to feeling like you need it Mm. plus it's so different now with um not just photoshop they've got um oh i don't know what it's called where the imprint faces onto videos as well now oh um deep faking yeah like you you don't know what's real like you have to take everything you see online with a pinch of salt everything and it's been created yeah yeah absolutely it's been created so it's like go to the gym see real people at the gym what real people look like and i guarantee they are going to look more like you rather than what you see on instagram or facebook get off instagram it's the worst thing (laughs) (laughs) it's, it's that culture isn't it it's that and especially with you know the lockdowns and stuff the last 18 months we've had two years it's that window shopping culture Mm. and yeah, yeah. I got hit with it massively in the, the last year or so and I've had to change my approach to, to social media a few times because you live looking through a window and that window is created by what you look at and then the algorithms from the social media says oh they're looking at that they want to see more of it yeah you take an interest in fitness or I take an interest in bodybuilding so all I see is all these bodybuilding guys and it's great yeah. I'm taking inspiration from that girl oh, great but all it takes is one day for me to not feel particularly great for whatever reason and you see that and that can be enough to just go i'm not happy with what i've got and that can manifest in in, in different ways it can manifest all the way to like you said you know suicidal thoughts mm-hmm. that, yeah. that could be all it's taken but i think it's because we are you know although we can add who we want onto social media it's the popularity of having as many followers as possible yeah causes sometimes people to add people they wouldn't normally speak to and if you're doing Mm. that you become not in control of what you're then seeing and if you're not in control then that's fed by other things so you you never know what's coming um and we all know that that feeling of being in control of what we can control is very empowering Um, yeah and it tends to not leave you as vulnerable as perhaps not being in control yeah, definitely. Uh, if I could have a, a life without social media, I would. But unfortunately, I rely on it for a lot of things. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of social media as it stands in today's society. Um, yeah, it just it just has a negative impact on. I won't say me, but just everyone I know. Yeah. And um, yeah, if we could go without it, it'd be a lot better. <laughs> so, question for you then: Who doesn't it have a negative effect on? Because there are some people out there, and I've got an idea. I just want to see if you're on the same wavelength as me. I think it's just if you can. 
I won't say learn. I think if you just learn to not let it have that effect on you, you can just literally just go like almost like bypass it. Just be like, does that make sense? Like, just be like, not today. I'm not having it today. Close down, off. I mean, we, we build habits. So mm. if you've ever deleted your Instagram account or yeah. on your phone or you've ever deleted something, you will automatically go to Flick to go on it because you do it that many times. It's inbuilt in, you know, in, in your system, in your brain. Um, but there absolutely are ways that we can change how we see and take control of it. And, mm. you know, I've done things from deleting, you know, friends or seeing posts that are maybe triggering or maybe I feel any negative effects from them and just removing them. Yeah. And just, and, you know, and trying to make it as much of a positive experience as possible. I'll think about what I really want from it. Do I want yeah. to keep in touch with people? In, in which case, I've, it can be quite a good tool to keep in touch with people, you know, but maybe I won't look through, you know, some of the explore pages. Or I might not look through a news feed as much. You know, I might just use it to message people or something like that. I think the people that I meant when I asked about who doesn't it affect is what about the generation above us? Ah, oh, right, yeah. Or the generation above that? Yeah. It hasn't been there for as much of their life as it has for ours. Yeah. Um, well, I'll use my mother as an example because she doesn't even know how what the internet is. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> she knows you can buy stuff off it and that's about it. Yeah. So yeah, she's um, yeah, she's almost oblivious to it. Um, I mean, yeah, she. If I was to explain the stuff that happened on the internet, what the internet is, what what like her mind, I think would just explode. <laughs> like I, I don't think she could physically grasp the internet. Yeah. Um, like I try and explain to her what a laptop is, and I'll show her it. And I'll show her what it does. And she's like, no, it just looks like a fancy TV. So, right, okay, right. That, that's the line. <laughs> that's the line. Right, we'll leave it there. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, no. Um, yeah, I mean, my mum, like, she had her body hang-ups and issues as, like, a teenager, mm. comparing herself to other girls from her school. But obviously she never had to dealt with obviously like you say social media and stuff like that and now she's in her 50s you know she don't care <laughs> she's like I'm 50 I'll I'll look how I want to look I'll do what I want mm. you know <laughs> she's and, got that attitude I mean that, that that's amazing and that's a position what we'd all love to be in yeah <laughs> you know, and I think it is within us we're not victims I don't think for once we're victims of social media of the internet it is there yeah. and by making things easier to access it's given us what it's done is it's given us everything we could ever want and everything mm. else on our fingertips the stuff yeah. we don't want we've got it there so it is you know it is another battle to try and make it appropriate um but it's funny how you could look at the same things on two different days one day feeling great and the other day feeling crap that's mental um, health though isn't it yeah, and you'd look at the same things and feel differently about them. Yeah. So it's definitely how it's a lot for me. It's it's how we perceive what we're seeing. Mm. And if one thing I try and do is if I feel like something is giving me is getting a negative response from me, is to try and just pull myself back from it. Yeah. And either become intrigued as to why it's had that effect, 
or actually just once you pull yourself back, then you realise the things of that photo is probably heavily edited or, mm. you know, at the end of the day, social media, um, one way that I explained it to somebody and, and, and I feel like it, it works quite well is social media is a shop window. So every user on social media has a shop and a shop window and that shop window allows your customers, reviewers, to see mm. exactly what you want them to see. Yeah, yeah. So some people take out all the negative stuff. Some people don't express that online. Some people do and openly express the negative stuff online. Yeah. You know, we've, we've got all these different types of friends and people, you know, people use it differently. Some people have the shop, but there's never anything in it. You know, some people yeah. have accounts and then never post, you know. So there's all these different ways of using it. So it's always useful to know that. Because sometimes, actually, if, I don't know, say you see a friend and you see something from the minute and it evokes a reaction from you, whether it's positive or negative, I've sometimes gone, do you know what? I'm going to text them. I'm going to message yeah. them. I'm going to actually see how they're getting on. Because yeah. um, when we go back to mental health, sometimes, you know, looking at the behaviour of someone as well, if somebody suddenly goes from posting one type of content to all of a sudden loads of, highly edited photos like selfies and stuff like that mm. there can be something going on in that person's life yeah you know and just a simple how's everything going and actually a lot of the time it can be you know we all have different reactions to breakups and you know and things that happen and traumas that we go through you know but maybe maybe there's the, the social media is not going to go away oh no it's maybe here to stay well, yeah, of course it is. It's here to stay. It's, you know, it's a kind of a foundation, isn't it? But maybe there's a different way we can start to learn to use it. Well, we have the power to either go into that shop or not go into that shop. Yes. We have the power to interact with that shop or not interact with that shop. You know, at the end of the day, it's down to us uh, how we use it and what we do with it. So, again, it's in our in our control. <laughs> it is so, yeah it's just sometimes harder to I think it, it's, a, it's a challenge to realise that sometimes yeah I, th I think it is and I think more so um, this is probably going to sound really patronising but for the younger generation who have literally <laughs> they have grown up with like Snapchat in their hands and yeah. TikTok in their hands and I'm there like I don't know how to use Snapchat, <laughs> but you know, they've like grown up with it. And I'm like, they can't imagine life without it almost. I'm like, yeah. like, it's like, I'm lucky in a way that I've been born when I have, because I knew a time without all this technology and all this, these apps and all this crazy stuff. So I knew life when it was, less crazy yeah now these younger ones that's all they know or that's all they've been brought up with yeah. and i kind of feel sorry for them in a way um that their life is all online from such a young age yeah it's, it's trying to get that there is more to life and it's not mm. that it's been a long time is necessarily a bad thing to spend it online but there is more to life and more you know things that do could make them feel fulfilled and have all these these positive emotions and make them happy that are outside it i remember 
and it'd probably kill me for this, but I remember my brother going on holiday with my parents and found out there was no internet. And that <laughs> went wild. <laughs> so, to the point where he felt like he couldn't go. And in all seriousness, you know, that if he felt that way, that tells you a lot about what kind of things we expect, especially for that generation. Now, he's now 18, and I'm, I'm sure he sees things completely differently now, in fact. I know he does, but, mm. you know, like you said, for people that have been born with it, it's such a different world to the likes of, I suppose, our generation was maybe the first one where the internet was kind of in maybe early teens. It was early teens for me. Good um, old dial-up. <laughs> I the internet. Well, AOL and all that. <laughs> MSN uh, Messenger. Uh, and then what, you're going on the internet and not being able to use the phone at the same time. You know? Oh, God, yeah. I Oh, my mum used to get so angry. She was like, I need <laughs> to call my friends. I'm like, I'll be done in a minute. <laughs> logging out of MSN work. Messenger and logging back in just so someone sees you. Yeah, yeah, or nudging, doing the nudgy thing that shook your whole screen. Yep. That was so annoying. Or um, <laughs> ASL, which was yeah. age, sex and location when you're on chat room, chat rooms. <laughs> So it's, it's more than that, isn't it? It's, it's actually a world to live in. The digital world is actually a world to live in. It's almost like a, a second life, isn't it? You can you can create what you want in there. You can be whatever you want in there. Um, yeah. And it's wonderful. But I think, you know, there's there's a lot to be said about trying to, to ground yourself to accept who you are and what you want. And then to yeah. try and work out the steps to get there, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I It's like, I think when it comes to um the younger well just anyone in general I think you have to work on yourself here and here before doing anything in regards to sort of your physical health I think you need to find yourself find out what you want to do in life you know just work on yourself because if you don't work out what's going off here you know work out why you're unhappy, what you want to do with your life, what job you want to do, yes. you know, the people you surround yourself with. So, like, are, are your friends good to you? Are your family good to you? You know, get rid of any negative energy. You know, if if they treat you like crap, get rid of them. Meet new people, you know, and once you're on that good track, then you can focus on something you want to focus on, whether that's, you know um starting a new career and maybe let's say going into fitness losing weight whatever it is but get this sorted first that's the only thing i'd say in here and then out here <laughs> i love the idea of fixing or working through the core yeah actually working your way out as opposed to working your way in yeah um yeah and actually i think that's definitely a more long-term approach and one that's going to be potentially more fulfilling I think as well yeah definitely <laughs> I mean I'm pretty sure I mean I was going to ask if you had any top tips and you very succinctly beat me to it without me even asking <laughs> well I, I can top it off go on then <laughs> the um, the vehicle. don't be a dick <laughs> <laughs> is that a tip yeah um Treat everyone, just treat everyone equally. Um, with respect, no racism, 
no homophobia, just live your life with passion and integrity. And yeah. And if you do that, the world will be what it will be, but you'll enjoy every second of it. Exactly. <laughs> I love it. Um, Helen, I'm sure there's, um, I think that's a, a great place for us to kind of wrap up there. But I mean, I'm sure there's be people that want to ask you more about, about your journey, maybe people in the same situation. If you're open that, would you like to give us the best way, what's the best way of getting in contact with you? Um, probably uh, through Facebook or Instagram. Um, so it would be at Helen Health and Fitness um, or my email address. I'm sure we can wing it somewhere because <laughs> I can't course, remember yeah. it off the top of my head <laughs> oh no, it's fine I will put it in the the description um for the podcast or if it's on YouTube it'll be in the description there as well um no wonderful well thank yeah. you very very much for your time Helen thank you so much it's been so much fun good I'm glad it has and <laughs> I will speak to you soon you too Matt thank you Well, I hope you enjoyed listening to that just as much as I did interviewing yet another fantastic superhero. I'm so blessed to be able to do what I do. But if you want to follow me even more, check out the other episodes of the podcast. Check out my YouTube videos. And also, you can get me on Instagram at I'm doing it for dot me, which is actually the website address too. So whatever you're doing today, have a fantastic day and stay super. <laughs>